women, old women, young women will come up to me and be like, you are so brave. And I think it's so interesting what we consider brave because, you know, I'm not saving people from burning buildings. I'm not like, you know, going to other countries and helping, you know, doing stuff that I consider like courageous and brave. Yeah. All I did was say, I, I'd not, I don't have to look like what you think I should look like. And I'm happy with who I am and how I look now. Like that's literally all I said. I, I am just unapologetically myself in a way that I haven't been before. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show with success coach, Emily Williams. Tune in daily to learn how to design a life you love, create more success and wealth, move past fear and blocks, and bring more joy into your life and business. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams. Hey everyone, it's Emily Williams here, and I have the incredible Lushana Naldi here with me today. So I'm just going to read a little bit about who Lushana is, and then obviously we'll get right into the interview, and she's going to share some incredible information with you today. So I'm so excited to have her here. So Lushana is a former collegiate athlete, high school educator, and championship winning basketball coach. She spent the first 10 years of her career teaching nutrition, movement, Olympic weightlifting, all things health and wellness and empowerment. After having her second set of twins, she quit her career to care for her children full-time at home. The intensity of the experience led her to reevaluate her beliefs, life goals, self-care practices, and make radical changes so she could create her vision of healthy and happy. And I'm going to leave it there so that Lashana can share all of the, the rest of the story with us today. But first of all, welcome, Lushana. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I know that a lot has changed since I first met you and since we first talked and worked together. And so it's been a really interesting but exciting process. Definitely. And one of the things that I'm so excited to share with the audience today is a little bit about your pretty woman moment. <laughs> um, so we'll ah. talk about that in a bit. But you emailed me with this amazing story and gave me a recap of what's been going on since we were working together. And it was just one of the most incredible moments for me, just hearing that update, how far you've come, what's been changing, your aha moments. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Awesome. Yes. Um, my pretty woman moment was you, you sent an email one time and it was all about your pretty woman moment. And that stuck out in my mind when you sent that. And I remember emailing you and telling you, this is my favorite email that you've ever sent the way that you wrote it. And it, and so at that time, I really thought my pretty woman moment was going to be money related because when I took your course, there was a lot of money mindset and I never heard the word mindset. I'd never heard money mindset and that really opened my mind. And so after I heard that and I you know, worked on those stories and those beliefs, um, I realized that my mindset applied in all these different areas. And I really thought that my pretty woman moment was gonna be making a lot of money or hitting six figures or being able to buy things. Yeah. And what really happened was my pretty woman moment was much different than that. It turned out that my moment came through the process of losing my hair and um, understanding that I could choose who I was. I mm. began to belong to myself as a result of this. And so 
Um, when Dove called and we had this whole experience, which I'm sure we'll go into later, I emailed you to share with you that my pretty woman moment was living from the truth of who I am. It was a much different, um, it was much different than what I thought it was, but it was even better because it was still a me belonging to myself and coming into who I was and feeling comfortable doing that. And so that was a really exciting thing. Beautiful. Yeah. And one of the purposes of the I Heart My Life show is to talk about how you create a life better than your dreams. And sometimes we create it and sometimes it happens to us. So we'll talk more about that in a second. (laughs) So I'd love to hear from your point of view. I always talk about my sort of moment where everything changed course when I was driving to Chicago and turned the car around and went to London instead, essentially. Um, And I'd love to know, you know, when you had the, the second set of twins and you realized that things had to change or you felt called to change them. Take us back to that moment um, and how that started to transform your life, the way you showed up, the business, all of that. Well, I came from a very social position. I mean, I was a teacher. So coming from a career that I really loved that um, I felt like I'd really hit my stride in after about, you know, 10 years, it took, it took that long to kind of find my stride and, you know, figure out what I was good at to going to completely staying at home. It was a big shift. And I made that choice to stay at home and raise my children because um, that's what, how I had been raised. So I came from a very traditional family and I wanted to do that. That was both, it was both expectation and something I thought I wanted. And then the intensity of the experience was beyond what I could have imagined. So I just went on having two sets of twins. Yes. And then staying home because my husband continued to work and I stayed home. (laughs) And while I did have help, it was, it's just 24 seven. Somebody need you. One of them was, they were, there was a set that was two years older. So it's just, it was a lot. Um, And somebody gifted me a, uh, Brendan Burchard ticket to his high performance Academy. And I'd never done any personal development. I'd never done anything like that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, get, get out for a day and go check this out. And it turned out to be three or four days. Actually. Yeah, it's four days. And yeah. Yes. And I was sitting in the audience, not, I didn't know anybody there, maybe one or two people. Um, and he asked a question about like, do you think that, you know, you can choose what you want for the rest of your life and what is it? And for some reason that really like <gasps> took my breath away because I didn't feel I had that option. I felt like, no, I needed to be a mom first. I needed to make sure that all that was taken care of and I needed to be who everyone expected me to be. And in that moment, I realized that I could choose. I could merge motherhood with the things that I wanted and still had dreams about becoming. And it didn't have to look like what everyone told me that it did. And that moment was very pivotal for me because I started to shift the vision. And when I got home, I sat down and I thought all the things that I'm good at in my teaching and that I bring to my job, I can do in a different uh, platform. I can do in a different way. And I never had that thought before. I never had that. And so it literally like I felt like I just stepped into a whole new room and a whole new world of, okay, this is possible. And so that was the big mindset shift. Once that happened, then it was finding people to help me. It was finding people to support me. It was just a refocusing of a different direction. So it was a big moment. And then I heard you were the first person I heard talk about business and because you were a woman and because you were very enthusiastic and very positive and very like, this is possible. It is possible. I thought, 
okay, so this all these things are lining up and falling into place at a time when that's what I was searching for. And so it was it was like I was being led somewhere. Yeah. And so I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is meant to happen. I can do this. And so that was the start. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, Brendan, who I know well and, and really, really admire, he was telling you it was possible. I was telling you it was possible. So was this the first time that you thought about entrepreneurship? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I, I grew up in a teaching family. So my, both my parents were teachers. Um, that wasn't really something that I felt was in me. And so I really thought I was going to be a teacher for my whole life, for the rest of my life. And having all the kids really shifted what I wanted to do, what I wanted them to see. I wanted, I wanted to speak from a place of knowing with them and living that anything is possible by showing them. I mean, I can yeah. tell my kids, like, that's the one thing with, with teaching and with parenting is you can tell them all everything you want. You can say all these things, but what you do is what impacts them. I want them to have a living, breathing example of, you know, taking chances and believing in the things that are important to you. And, and I knew that the only way that I could do that was to do it. Like that is the work is to do it. And so, yeah, it was huge shift in, in how I thought about myself and what was possible. Love it. And so take us back. So you realized everything was possible. I know you and I have worked together. You enrolled in the program. You started moving forward with your business. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the work you do now. So now I am a self-care coach and I basically teach self-care skills in different areas. So people there, there's physical skills, there's mental skills. Some of them are related to motherhood because um, that's a, a population that I work with also. But I believe everything is a skill. Mm-hmm. And so when you think that when you think in terms of everything is a skill, then it takes the willpower and the the need to beat yourself up if it doesn't go right out of it, because you find the level that you're at with that skill. You practice it. Everything is practicing it like that. That really is all the work, whether it's mindset work, whether it's learning um, nutrition skills, whether it's movement, whether it is um, it's, it's anything really. And so I basically just help people choose the area of self-care that is most vital to them to lay a foundation. And we practice the skills that they need and we tweak them. And it's a lot of reflection and awareness, you know, awareness of what you need and how you can do it and then doing it, practicing it. A lot of people know what they need, but they don't know how to implement it into their life in a way that works for them, allows them to have success and feedback and then tweak it and make it long-term because all self-care habits are most successful if you can sustain them. They have to be sustainable and flexible in your life as it evolves. So yeah, that's the biggest part. That's the biggest part of what I do. And then I have done and still do speaking because I love teaching and I love interacting with people face to face. And I think you can have a powerful experience with somebody in a face to face setting and in a, in a personal setting. And I enjoy those also. Love it. And so what would you say to that person who actually doesn't know what they need? How do you people how do you help people find that clarity? Um, it's generally a lot of questions. Like when yeah. you imagine your best self, what does he or she look like? What does she say? How does she support herself mentally? How does she move and act and talk? And sometimes when I say best self, people tend to think my most perfect version of myself. And that's not it. Um, 
you're, there is no like perfect version of you. There is the version of you that is the kindest, is the most compassionate, is the most understanding of all you're trying to balance and do. And I think your best self continues to to take actions as frequently as possible towards the things that matter most to you. And if you're doing that in a way that also allows you to, you know, feel healthy and be healthy and do all the things that you want to do, then that's, that's self-care. That's really, really understanding what you need. Um, but we usually start there just, you know, what's your best look like? What, what makes you feel most at home and who you are? So, and what are some of the subject areas or topics or things that your clients most need support with? Um, in the area of physical self-care, it's generally nutrition skills. Yeah. So learning to eat in a way that allows them to balance what they enjoy eating with things that want to keep them physically how they want to look and feel. And that that's generally the, the biggest one that people want to talk about just because of weight loss or fat loss yeah. or things like that. So nutrition skills is a big one. Um, and then a lot of mindset stuff, a lot of stuff around feeling enough, mm. feeling like I can forgive myself for mistakes. So forgiveness and um, body image is another one being okay with how, how they look all the time, even as it changes yeah. after they have children, before you have children. Um, self-worth. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So I know that one okay. of the questions you often get asked is how did you lose the 70 pounds that you gained during pregnancy? <laughs> Not sure if that was yeah. the first one or the, la- the the second pregnancy, but talk to us a little bit about that experience and, you know, your own, I guess, shift in weight and your appearance. Can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. Um, yes, I did gain 70 pounds with each of my twin pregnancies, which was really shocking for me because I've, I've maybe my weight has fluctuated maybe 10 to 15 pounds my whole life, just simply because, um, I played sports and that's this, my body is something I'm very comfortable with because I found strength in it and what it could do early on. Um, I was, I was very small and kind of timid and weak as a, as like a high school kid. And it wasn't until I stepped onto the basketball court for the first time that, I really felt at home in my body and strong in it. And once I felt that, I chased that feeling in everything I did that was physical and movement. So I knew what it felt like to be happy and strong and comfortable in my body before having children, which is fortunate because not many people have that. Yeah. Yeah, most people never have it. Well, yeah, well, they can, but they don't believe they can have it. That's also a mindset thing, you know? Um, So babies come, I'm a hotel, (laughs) you know, and I literally didn't know how to move. I was so heavy. I remember I tried to run and it it didn't work. And so my, my biggest thing after having the children was I want to move and feel good moving again. I want to feel comfortable moving. And so really it was literally doing like five minutes of something and then 10 minutes of something. And it was just layering time moving until I couldn't do it anymore. And not only did it give me a huge appreciation for my body and what it can do, but um, I just understood more what other people were feeling in their own bodies because I hadn't really had an appreciation for that. I had really almost been judgmental before in the fact that I thought, you know what, if you don't like it, just go change it. And it doesn't work that way because it starts, everything is inner, you know, it's all inner work first. And so while I never had 
body image issues with how I looked. Um, I I didn't realize that I did have beauty issues about what you needed to look like as a woman. Mm. And that would come up later. So yeah, um, overall, overall, it was awesome. I feel, I feel fortunate to have had the experience and to have been able to recover and heal myself first and then get back to doing all the things that I love to do that give me those feelings. I love how you said that, you know, you took five minutes here or 10 minutes there. You found out what worked for you because it's not going to be the same thing for every woman, I would imagine. I don't have kids yet, but um, I I imagine that it is a very personal thing and a lot of it, it can be trial and error. Um, So I love that you shared that little snippet around what worked for you. Yeah, you know, and you are absolutely right in that it is very personal for every woman and the idea that you have to get your body back, I think, is what's hammered into us. But that's not true because your body did this incredible, amazing thing. Like it grew a person. Too, in your case. <laughs> yeah, in time. my case. Yeah, but it, it, but it's, it can heal. It needs to heal first. And then after that, it's really deciding what you want to be able to do. What do you want to feel like in your body? What, what do you want to be able to experience the world like through your body. Cause it's, it's not an ornament for everybody. It's an instrument that you can use to have adventure and excitement and incredible, incredible opportunities to, to experience the world. And that's one of the things I try to get my, my clients to focus on a lot of the time is what do you want to be able to do? What do you want to be able to feel the form and the form and what it looks like will follow the function that you want it to do. Yeah. So oh, I love that. So tell me the difference between feeling at home or beautiful in your body versus that element of, of beauty that you described earlier. Okay. Like I mentioned, I, once I found strength and comfort in sports that made me feel physically, I guess, relevant and beautiful and strong in, in what I could do. Like I felt I got confidence in what I could do with my body on the basketball court. And I never thought about how I looked when I was on the basketball court or when I was playing sports or when I was lifting weights, I just loved being in the moment of it. Cause it was, it was true for me. Um, however, I never felt beautiful, like with my face and I associated beauty with women who had really long hair. And, you know, I, I grew up in a town where, I was a minority in that um, I'm Italian and I was kind of tall and skinny and gawky and all the women I grew up around were very exotic looking because I I grew up around a lot of East Indian women and um, Hispanic women. So lots of dark skinned, long black hair, beautiful women. I was like, I don't look like them. I must not be, you know, gorgeous or beautiful. And so when I looked at my face, that's what I I thought. I very much thought I don't look like that. That's that's gorgeous, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when all of this stuff happened with my hair, it really catapulted me out of that thinking. Um, and it was like, how could I think two different things? Like I taught people about body image and about feeling strong here, but I didn't realize that it was something that was inner. It was deeper. And, um, going through that process of seeing yourself not in pieces or not as other people have seen you or said things to you or, And any kind of comparison um, allowed me to get rid of all images of beauty that I had, all biases, all prejudices, all preconceived notions. And that that was one of the most powerful moments for me in terms of understanding that it's not here. 
it right. isn't here. It's how you feel. It's much yeah. different. So. so let's back up a little bit. So talk to us a little bit about the experience of losing your hair. Okay. And how that even Um, came to be. Because when you emailed me, you know, I had seen pictures online. I've been following you, but I didn't know the story. And it's it's really fascinating and powerful and and amazing. Okay, absolutely. Um, Well, I when I was in college, I was about 19 or 20. I started losing my hair like right here in the middle, Mm. but it didn't fall out anywhere else. And I I remember being like, what is this? (laughs) Is this a joke? This is not even funny. So um, it's. I went to the doctor. She's like, Oh yeah, you have alopecia. And I was like, awesome. What is that? Like, give me something else. And so, um, she said, it's just unexplainable hair loss. There's no other physical symptoms. There's nothing wrong with you. For some people, they lose all of their hair. Some people lose little patches. It just is totally personal. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to (laughs) do? She goes, and she gave me some like topical Rogaine and it literally grew back and I never had any other issues. Um, until after, the babies were born. And then at that time, maybe like at the same time I was going through your course towards the end of it, it started falling out again. And I thought it's not that big of a deal. Okay. But it got to the point where I couldn't hide it. Yeah. So I started really seeking like answers and solutions and treatments, which none of them are reliable. None of them are good. Anyway, uh, it got to the point I couldn't hide it and I had to make a choice And up to that point, I'd really looked for answers and ideas outside of myself. And I thought, you know, there's there's really one thing I haven't addressed, which is what happens if I decide I'm going to shave it? What happens if I decide I'm going to deal with this in a way that's different than what everyone expects me to do? Because everyone was bringing me doctors and natural, you know, natural things and saying, oh, you know, you can do this, you can fix it. And I thought, what if that's not what needs fixing? What if that's not what I'm meant to learn from this or meant to understand, you know? And so I, I remember going into the bathroom and I had cut it to the point with one of my very close friends of just really low. It it was like really super short at that point. And I had cut it and I thought, you know what, right now I have the choice of how I can deal with this and how I want the kids to see me deal with it. And they were actually in there with me and I thought, I'm just going to shave it. I'm just going to shave it. And we're going to see what happens. And my kids are watching me shave it and I, I do it and it falls away. And as, as my hair fell away, it was literally like I stepped out of a box that I didn't know I'd been living in. Like the things that fell away were the things that weren't me anymore. The, the things that people had said to me when I was young about, you know, like the things that they didn't like about how you looked and the, the mean girl voice of being a 15 year old, like judging yourself for how you look yeah. and what you need to look like to be beautiful. She wasn't there anymore. And the voice that came, there was two. And it was the wise woman voice in me, who is the experienced woman, the one who's been through, you know, all these different things and thought, no, this is your face. This is the face that is, is awesome, has, you know, cried, has kissed boo-boos, has supported people this is the face we're going to put into the world and we're going to do it confidently. And that was the wise woman. And then there was the warrior woman who was like, not only are you going to do it, but you're going to rock it. And you are going to make sure that other people know young and old that you can do anything and you can go anywhere and be anyone. And and this is not what matters. And it was a really just profound moment for me because I didn't believe the things 
that I did before anymore. And my kids are looking at me and it was, they're just like, well, you know, mom, it's, it's gone. And I was like, I know, right. All right, let's go on with the day. Like we're going to rock this and we're going to do it. And, you know, of course there's been moments. I mean, I've had just a huge variety of experiences and conversations as a result of it. Um, but I've never once since I've done it been sorry. I've never wow. once not felt like it wasn't the right thing and the true thing to do for me. And so, yeah, that was, that's the biggest part of it. Wow. There are no words. I mean, that's, I can feel your emotion. I have my own emotions about this. It's just something that so many of us need to hear for so many different reasons. One in which I love that this was like an intuition thing. You know, there was nothing out there that said, go and shave your head or whatever. You know, this was your, you were being called to do this and you were being guided to do it. And then I love the warrior woman and the wise woman. And I think that we can tap into those people, whoever it is, for us, you know, I often look at tap into my older self and ask her what she would do. And it's amazing how quickly the answer comes. And it's just another reminder that we have what we need inside of ourselves. And so many people forget that so many people are looking towards the outs to the outside source. And I know you have spoken about this as well. And we're going to get into it in a second. Um, we often look at that for that external thing. But it's so it's there within all along. Yeah, it's it's scary to look at it. I think for most people, yeah, I do. And I can't tell you how many women, old women, young women will come up to me and be like, you are so brave. And I think it's so interesting what we consider brave because, you know, I'm not saving people from burning buildings. I'm not like, you know, going to other countries and helping, you know, doing stuff that I consider like courageous and brave. Yeah. All I did was say, I, I not I don't have to look like what you think I should look like and I'm happy with who I am and how I look now. Like that's literally all I said. I, I am just unapologetically myself in a way that I haven't been before. And I think in doing that, it gives people permission to be the same. It, it literally says, stop hiding. Like whatever wig you're wearing, take it off. Like mm. just be who you are, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I like the option that I can be whoever I want, whenever I want, but I always had that and I didn't believe that I had it. So it was, again, like you said, the, it's all inner. It's all something that you have to look inside and, and ask yourself and actually listen, listen to the answers. I love how you said, whatever wig you're wearing, take it off. And that's obviously metaphorical and speaks to us <laughs> on so many different levels. Um, that's so powerful. So tell us, since you've taken the wig off, so to speak, how has your life transformed? Oh, my gosh. So there, there's just so many ways to count. First yeah. of all, I feel like I, I feel like I'm able to have conversations on a more real level with people like they're the people that approach me it's been an incredible human filter. People approach me for like one of two reasons. They are genuine and they want to know, and they want to have conversations about the things that have changed their lives, which, you know, like you meet somebody for 30 seconds and they're telling you about the things that have impacted them, which connects yeah. you to more people on a really personal human level, which I love. Um, it's enabled me to have conversations with my children about body image and beauty and expectations for women and men at a much earlier age. Um, one of my children had a really hard time with this. She did not want me to walk around at school 
like this because I didn't look like the other moms. And that led to me pulling up all these pictures of bald women and modeling and showing her. And I said, you know, look at these women. What about them? And she's like, wow, they're, they're beautiful and they're amazing. And I said, that's right. I said, do you think that mom needs to change so that the world accepts her? And she said, no. I said, that's not our work. Our job is to change the way the world views other people. It's to change, it's to be who we are all the time. And so once that they kind of understood that, it was okay. And like, I I walk around anywhere now. I mean, sometimes with her, sometimes without, but um, that's been a really awesome benefit is just being able to have those kind of conversations. Um, I have definitely been more bold and more vocal in what I believe and how I present the message. I have spoken to both adults and young girls and young kids, and I will often go on with the wig on and start. And then halfway through, I'll take it off and share the story. And I've had women come up to me and be like, you know, I saw you and I thought, oh my God, who is this woman? She looks amazing. She's going to talk to us. And I don't have anything in common with her. And, you know, her life is perfect. And then you take off the wig and it like humanizes me. Honestly, yeah. it, it, people are like, you're just like me. And I said, we're all just like each other. Like, that's what you have to see. Like what you see in somebody is what you choose to see in them. You know, you're, you're choosing to see what you're insecure about sometimes or what you're scared of. And if you would just remove those and remove the filters and the lenses and see each other for who we are and have like a real conversation with somebody, you'd be amazed at how we are all connected on some level so beautiful and then dove called yeah and then dove called (laughs) so tell us about that that's a huge thing yes so dove was doing a campaign where they wanted to talk about uh they wanted examples of women who had shifted their ideas of beauty and so i was fortunate because mine had shifted from you know thinking I needed to look one way as an athlete to after having babies to then this hair thing. And so I shared it with them and they were like, wow, that's really amazing. Okay. And so we talked over the course of about four or five months and they said, we'd love for you to be one of the women that we feature. And we, you know, we want to send a photographer and we want to put you in there. And so they came and we did some like a little video then the house with the kids and different things. And then, they said, just tell us, tell us what you think the definition of real beauty is. And that was like the perfect timing for me because I was completely through any doubt or any discomfort with it. The moment that I started talking about it, and I think I shared that video with you, it was the strongest and the happiest that I'd ever been. And I just had a hilarious experience where I'd been approached in a grocery store by an old man who thought I was a man. And so that was a hilarious, I know that that was a hilarious experience, but the the importance of that experience was that had that happened to me at a different time in my life, um, it would have crushed me. It would have really made me do things to change my appearance so that others found me pleasing. And in that moment that didn't happen, that I, I felt, just completely at peace and happy with being able to have a conversation with this person who, you know, thought I was a man, but I actually am not. (laughs) And then being able to go the next day and, you know, be a part of something that honors 
beautiful women and and wow. not for the reasons that we think but for the reasons that really exist in who we are so mm. yeah it's an amazing experience wow so incredible to hear you share this and it's obvious that it's like the only word that comes to mind for me well there are many words but the main one is freedom it seems like you're so free now free to be yourself free to share this message and obviously powerful in what it is that you know that you're called to share with the world and empowered to do it yes i would say freedom is the biggest thing that i feel yeah the shows. just the the ability <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. It does. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Yeah, the and it's funny because you didn't. I didn't even realize that I didn't feel that way before. Yeah, that's part of that's part of the. I guess the mind blowing part of this is I didn't realize that I felt I had to. I had to be something else, or I was trying to be something else other than myself. Video is one of those things where you forget. For me, I forgot that. Um, that people were going to see it almost. When I sat down to, to tell the story, I imagine I was talking to my sisters because mm. my, I, you know, my sisters knew the story, but yeah. I knew if I could tell it in a way that I would tell it to them, it would be most comfortable. But I agree with you. I, and I think that um, we think too much, not growing up in a social media world for me, my identity doesn't, didn't hinge a lot on if people liked it or you know, how many views it got when I did right. it. My, my main purpose was always to show what it would look like for anybody else struggling with something and say, what other lens could you view this with? You know, what you're, you're so focused on the problem or how you feel others are going to react. You can't let the solution in. You can't let all the other parts in that will help you move through it. Mm. And so, um, Beautiful. Once, yeah, once I, once I let go of the problem, it was like all the answers and all the other stuff just kind of came. And I thought, okay, like this is, this is the direction to go in. I want to hear more about the pretty woman moment and how you've created a life better than your dreams. I'll just take the listeners back to my own pretty woman moment. Cause I haven't shared it yet. Um, and tell, and then we can go into yours, Lushana. So for me, I put out that email that Luciana referenced, and it was about me moving to London in 2010 and looking for an apartment at the time. And I went to this area called South Kensington, which was beautiful. I knew that um, it was the posh part of London. And of course, I wanted to live there. And I went into this estate agents and asked them how much it would cost to rent a studio apartment. And they basically looked at me and said, oh, you know, you won't be able to afford something here. We don't have anything in your price range, something to that effect. And I was devastated. Um, but flash forward years later, I was able to James and I my husband were looking in the same area for I believe it was four bedroom apartments or houses. And we got to go into that same estate agents and actually found many places in our price range. And so I shared that story as my own pretty woman moment, just like Julia Roberts going into the store and trying on the clothes and them telling her that she can't afford it and then being able to buy them. Um, and she had some great line, but I'm forgetting it now. Maybe you remember Luciana? Um, oh, she walks in with the bag. Yeah. And he says, you remember me? I came in here and I wanted to buy something and you wouldn't serve me. And the girl's looking at her like, I have no idea who you are. She's dressed very nicely. Yeah. She goes, 
she holds up the bags. I remember she holds up the bags and she goes, big mistake. That's right. Huge. And she walks out and it's, it's a great part of the movie. <laughs> that is an amazing quote. Awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was my version of the pretty woman moment. So then, you know, recently, a few months ago, Lushana, you emailed me remembering this email I had written. I mean, it was at least a year and a half ago, if not more, um, mm-hmm. remembering that and sharing your own pretty woman moment. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Okay, absolutely. So at the time I was taking your course, it was the very first business course I ever took. Um, I was really in the thick of motherhood. So my children were young. My, my children were two and maybe like four and a half at the time. So I was trying to take your course and be on those calls oh and also like manage feeding them because they weren't in school yet. And so I, it was, I remember being on a call and there was some, there was other women on the call, but they were all established businesswomen. That was the thing. Yeah. They were all successful in their business already. And I almost felt like I was trying to play catch up. And I initially was so excited taking your course because of the content. And as I got farther into it, I felt like I wasn't learning it fast enough. I felt like, you know, the questions I asked were not as high level as the other ones. I almost felt like I was taking up space for other people and, and not viewed as serious. Yeah. And so as I'm doing it, I just kept pushing and pushing and striving and striving, but it was all from a place of not feeling enough, mm-hmm. everything. It was, I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't, you know, qualified enough. I didn't know how to do this stuff. And, uh, when I got through with your course, I literally like paused. It was like, I have to stop. I don't want to stop trying to get better, but I have to do it for a reason that is inspiring for me. I have to be able to do it because I want to, because I love it, not because I feel like I'm not enough in who I am right now. Yeah. And so I started making decisions based on feeling good in that moment. So everything with business was, does this feel good in this moment? Does this feel like I can bring my best self, not my most perfect self, but my best self to this. And what does that look like for me? And I did that in motherhood. I did it in my self care. I did it with my relationships. I, I was very intentional with how I felt Mm. and that kind of, that led to each next step. It's like the intuition. It leads to each next step. Feeling better about that step leads to the next one. Um, so it's key to take a look at how you want to feel and really let that guide you is what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so when all this dove stuff happened at that point, I had come so far in myself and I realized that my pretty woman moment was being me. It was being living from the truth and the strength of who I am, regardless of what anyone else was doing. There was there was no more feeling not enough. There was no more feeling not pretty enough, not um, qualified enough, not smart enough. And so when I read your pretty woman email, I thought my moment was going to be proving that I can make all this money and I could have a successful business to those other women in the group. Like that was always one of my biggest driving factors was I need them to recognize me. I need them to see me and like validate me. And my pretty woman was not needing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a really such a, uh, again, a freeing moment. Yeah. And so because that email stuck out in my mind and everyone's pretty woman moment is so different. 
And because you were the first person that really um, exposed me to mindset and thinking about those deeper things, yeah. I was like, I have to tell her, I have to like send her this email and let her know that, you know, I am such a different person now than when I was in that group. But had I not been there, the chain of events may not have occurred this way. Mm. So it was all, it was all like meant to happen in my own mind, you know? Yeah. And so for me, it was just the perfect like ending because I got to share that with you. And I got to say, Hey, you started this in me. This is what I thought was going to happen. But what happened was even better because it gave me myself. I belong to myself in so many more ways than I did when I first met you. And when I first took that course, you belong to yourself. I love that. Tell us how yeah. you belong to yourself now. Well, I think that in the beginning, again, I did things as we all do sometimes for validation to be seen, to yeah. be recognized. So someone else says, Hey, that's a good job. Hey, I see you. Hey, you know, you are smart. You are pretty, you are successful. You are by my standard worthy in a sense. And I, when you belong to yourself, you understand that you, you are all those things, even when no one tells you that you are all those things, you know, at any point in your life, no matter what. And I almost like discounted the things I'd accomplished at the beginning of your class because other people didn't recognize them as accomplishments. And I think when you belong to yourself, you understand that everything I can do and everything that's possible for me and everything I'm good at and unique at that that's always there. And I will always have that and can carry it forward in anything I do, no matter, no matter who decides to see it or recognize it or validate it or any of that stuff. And I think when you have that knowing in yourself and that I want to say confidence, but it's not even like a strong enough word, just a, it's a, it's a knowing, it's a feeling that who I am is more than enough. And I can share it with anybody in, in a really powerful and positive way. Then, then everything, every relationship you have is enhanced because of that. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So talk about your relationships now. So you've mentioned your sister, sisters, what about, and your kids, we talked about that. What about your husband? How does he feel about all this? You know what? He, he is so amazing because when, um, when I lost my hair, he was never, he was never like, Oh my God, he, he, his first question, which is awesome was always, you know, how, how can I support you? What, what, what do you need? What do you want to do? Whatever, whatever your choice is and however you feel about this, I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind it. And so I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. Like in the beginning of it, you don't yeah. know. I didn't know, you know? And so he bought me my first wig and it was like a surprise. He, he's like, this is not like a thing to say you have to wear it. It's just like, a, if you want to try oh. it sort of. A, yeah, yeah. He, he was very good about that. And so I put it on. I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to know I'm wearing a wig. And they're just going to be like, look, there's a girl in a wig. <laughs> when in reality, you know, unless you have worn one before, you wouldn't be able to really tell. Um, but he's been amazing. He, he really has, has people ask him just the most incredible, incredibly stupid questions too sometimes. And it makes me laugh because they, people, they will go up to him and be like, so how do you feel about your wife being bald? Like if he's going to be like, well, you know, tell them all the personal things, you know, like. <laughs> You have strangers coming up to him and saying that? 
Uh, no, people we know, which is okay. even more funny to me because I'm like, why don't why don't they come and ask me? Because they know me too. Yeah. But um, his answer is always like, I think she's awesome, and I think she's amazing. And so through all this and through having the kids, you know, my husband my husband is eight years older than me. So when when we got married, he was like super ready to have kids, and I was like, okay, well. Let's see what happens. And then <laughs> then we cannonballed into parenthood with, you know, two sets of twins. And wow. and he's just amazing from the beginning. He is mm. he is in every sense of the word, like a rock and a supporter and right there without pushing me to do anything. Yeah. He's there supporting whatever I want. And, you know, the, all these, these things that have happened because of this, he's like, look at this, all this stuff because you don't have any hair. And he goes, he goes, and you've been the same person the whole time. I said, yeah, but not really, mm. not really, not you know? Really. So yes, my, I have three younger sisters and they're amazing. They're all, again, they all offered to shave their heads. And I said, no, you guys have awesome hair. It's amazing. Keep <laughs> it on your head. <laughs> uh, you know, unless you want to be bald, but yes, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I, I have um, family and friends. I, an incredible, yes, I have an incredible support system in, in close family and friends that have really been amazing through the whole thing. And, you know, so now, again, go ahead. I was going to say having a dream team of people around you is one of yeah. those things at any point in life, no matter what you're doing, that really changes the level at which you're able to do things. That's the perfect segue. So I was going to ask you. So now one of my favorite questions to ask on this show is how you've created a life better than your dreams. And so I had you answer this ahead of time. So you had a bit of a heads up. And that was one of the answers that you gave that having that dream team of people to support you, especially after that big decision has been essential for you. Absolutely. And I think that for me, I needed a dream team to get through motherhood. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't do anything alone as a mom. Yeah. I, I had my own parents. I had my husband's parents. I had, you know, close friends and I can tell you there's, there's nothing that sifts and, and sorts out your closest friends, like having two sets of twins, because for some people, the intensity of what they see and the reality yeah. of yeah, this is really what it's like. Yeah. They don't want to deal with that. So, I mean, the people, the people that stayed closest to me during that time, I, I value them to no end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I needed a dream team to get through motherhood. Like I think most mothers do just for, you know, mental health and all the other things that you yeah. do. Um, and then just coming into business and learning, shifting industries from, from education to uh, business. Yeah. I have absolutely had a dream team of people just in terms of coaches, in terms of other women who also shifted industries or, you know, just even meeting people within the business world themselves who yeah. are learning and growing together. Oh, it is invaluable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not meant no. to do this alone. None of, none of it. Oh, no, no. What not, else has nothing. helped you create a life better than your dreams? Um, following my following my heart, but taking my brain because <laughs> you need both. Love that. <laughs> um, I mean, you do. I, I absolutely make decisions from a place of inspiration and how I feel in the moment. Like, is this fun? Is this yeah. something I'm excited to do? Is this something that I can make a priority with what is already a priority? So I think 
Well, well, you absolutely have to follow your heart. Your brain is the part that says, okay, how much of a priority can I make this? How can I take action towards this in a way that fits with what is already important to me, but allows me to get closer to these long-term, big, important goals, the person I'm stepping into becoming or the person I want to become more of. Um, I think it's, I think the work is to take the action, like not to think about it as much, but to say like, do it, like do it and try it. And then you can course correct if you need to, but if you don't ever do it, you don't ever know, you know, and you just become, you become somebody who gets used to taking those actions. You become somebody who gets used to, um, shifting from, Ooh, that, that didn't work out so well to how could I make it work out better next time to what do I need around me to make it work out better? Or you, you're just, you, you start thinking more forward focused instead of dwelling in what didn't work. Beautiful. And one of the other things you shared that I want to make sure we touch on in terms of living a life better than your dreams is laughing. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yes. Um, I've, I think that I've always been very kind of goofy, goofy, ridiculously enthusiastic about a lot of things. Teaching gave me that. Like yeah. when you teach, when you teach, you have to find ways to connect to every different type of kid. And so I've always been very positive, very um, upbeat sort of a thing. But after losing my hair and after going through all the things that happened in motherhood, there is always a way to find the humor in it. And if you're able to do that, you alleviate the heaviness of the moment. You alleviate the stress. You literally break the pattern of whatever is happening and it makes life easier and more fun to deal with. And so it's funny because some people get so bogged down in the, I have to be serious, I have to be professional. Yes, you do. But people also want to know that you're human and that you can laugh and that, um, that there, that anything, I mean, anything, there can be a moment of levity through humor with it. So, yeah, I mean, besides being a little bit of a smart ass at times, I, I just, I just think that that's one of the things that need to happen as frequently as possible. I agree. And tell us last question here before I um, have you share a little bit more about how people can find you online is what are you most excited for about the upcoming chapter in your life? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, honestly, just going and taking each opportunity as it comes and really exploring it. I'm, I'm excited for what I don't know could happen because all of these things in my life, there is no way I could have predicted them. There is yeah. no way and it's given me a crystal ball and said, so guess what? You're going to maybe look like a crystal ball one day and all these other things are going to happen. <laughs> I would have been, I would have been so like, what? That is not going to happen. And so now I wake up and I'm thinking, what is going to happen today? That is going to be better than what I could have ever thought more fun, more exciting. Um, what's going to allow me to connect with people on a level that I never thought I could, you know, and that's it's just me, me having a completely different outlook than I did before. I, I just really, I wake up and this is not to say that I don't, you know, like I'm not like at level 10 every moment of my life, but I absolutely I absolutely look forward to every day and what could happen and what I could bring to the world as myself. Yeah. And I, I feel that I didn't do that at the same way before. I love it. 
Well, Lushana, please let the audience know how they can find you online, where they can follow your journey, because I do know that you're going to knock it out of the park, that all this amazing (laughs) stuff is going to continue to happen to you, stuff we can't even predict. Um, You're going to change lives. You're going to impact the world. So tell us where we can find you. Absolutely. So um, I am on Facebook as myself, as Lushana Naldi, and I also have a business page Um, which is linked to my Facebook profile. I have a Facebook group called the School of Self-Care, where I basically talk about everything self-care related um, and physical, mental, spiritual, social, all the different realms. And there's a bunch of information in there. And I'm really just amazing women. And then I also have a website, which is www.lushanandaldi.com. And other than that, i Sometimes people just call me. Sometimes people just message me. You need to get your phone number out. I will not give my phone number, but I am very accessible. I am I am very accessible online. And, and you have uh, a free gift on your website. Is that right? Um, yes, there will be a free gift on the website. It is, it is how you can start to get clear on self-care for yourself. Like it, it just leads you through a bunch of questions that help you decide you know, what do I need the most? And what are the next best steps to help me get there? Love it. Well, we'll post all of that below as well and share the link. So um, thank you so much, Lushana, for being here. It's been an absolute honor. Your story, I'm sure is going to change so many lives and already has. And I'm just grateful that you found me in whatever way you found me years ago, because you've impacted my life just by sharing that story and being who you are. Um, And I'm just so grateful that you are here and and present and able to be a part of the, the show today. So thank you so much. 